Welcome to the Triskillian, the Purica podcast, where it's all about nature, science, you. All kinds of playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the beginning of another Major League Baseball season, uh, Major League Soccer season. We've got Euro 2021, which, of course, like the Olympics before, it was supposed to be uh, Euro 2020. And the biggest games of them all scheduled for Tokyo this summer. One common thread, unprecedented. Another common thread, uncertain. And another common thread, pretty stressful for the athletes involved themselves. And to break that all down with us, how do you stay at the top of your game? How do you keep on bringing those best practices, the things that you love doing into your active lifestyle to optimize your performance, to make the most out of your life, whether it's at work or at play, is triathlete Adam O'Meara, part of Team Purica, and certainly someone who has been through the windmill on a number of fronts dealing with high performance and competition. And Adam, I'll tell you, I'm sure you can relate. Uh, You've retired as a high-performance competitive triathlete, but it still beats in your heart in a big way. Uh, you, You must be able to sort of empathize with all of those summer games athletes who have gone through 15 months of uncertainty, and for some of them, it's still not clear what's going to be on their schedule uh, during the summer. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Absolutely. It's, um, I, I look back now at my career, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't have imagined not having the date of the next event because that was, yeah, that was the carrot, you know. Uh, you had a bad race or a bad event, and you said, okay, well, there's another one in six weeks or four weeks or, you know, two weeks maybe. Um, um, so, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't imagine. It, uh, it's really, I really empathize with them. It uh, would make their lives very stressful. Now, I know you've always said that whether you're a high-performance athlete and a performance personality or if you're someone who just loves getting out there as a weekend warrior, loves staying in shape, Stressful times, uncertain times, they are obstacles. Uh, your message is always to just get out and move, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's go back to, you know, 14 months ago when I was home with my uh, my kids uh, most uh, most days. My wife has a job where she couldn't really take uh, take time off. Um, you know, the start of COVID, her workload went up. And, and that was the that's what kept me sane. A big part of it was going to hike in the forest, riding our bikes to the beach, um, you know, and, and part of that, of course, was to, you know, to, to get the kids out there, but it also, whether it was subconscious or consciously, it was also to make sure that I was moving my body to keep my, my mental health uh, straight, for sure. And, and, and listen, uh, if you don't move, it's really hard to keep the spirit moving, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. I mean, even even these days, as you said, I, I don't I'm not competitive anymore uh, on a on a big scale with other other athletes. But um, but I know I know when it's you know forty eight hours, sixty hours, you know seventy two hours have gone by where I haven't done sort of movement, some sort of movement that's made me sweat at least even just a little bit. You know, um, maybe I've got some walks in there, but but even at that sort of three days, that's kind of the cutoff where the brain is just kind of going haywire, you know, and the hormones are saying, hey, hey, something's wrong here. We're used to getting a bit more sweat going. So let's let's go, you know. We're talking to Adam Amira of Team Purica. We're talking best practices and performance optimization, making the most out of life, whether it's at work or at play. Now, listen, whether you're a high-performance athlete or a weekend warrior, uh, you know, the message of just getting out to move applies in uh, uh, stressful times. It applies at the best of times. How much exercise do we need? 
Yeah, that's, I mean, of course, that's a great question too. And, and that's the one I, uh, I always uh, have been asking for, for 20 years. <laughs> How much do I need to, to be able to perform at my, at my best? And, and of course, like I said, not, and as you've acknowledged, I'm not competitive anymore out there, but really the science has actually changed. I actually pulled up a little chart uh, from a, from a medical journal article, uh, sports physiology uh, article. And, um, you know, in the seventies, they said 20 minutes a day, three times a week. By the 2000s, they were saying, uh, for this is just for recommended doses of, for 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 the average person. Um, by the two thousands, they said uh, moderate exercise, sixty minutes a day, three times a week. And now um, they're going off of what they say is moderate exercise, thirty minutes a day, most days of the week. So about thirty minutes a day, five days a week. That's what they're recommending for optimal health. And if you can get some vigorous exercise in there once a week, that's great too. But that's not an absolute requirement. So. So yeah, you're looking at you know five days a week, half an hour. That's that's the guidelines. Uh, so I mean, there's there's a difference though. Uh, all of us are wired a little bit differently. Uh, some probably get out of three days a week, but some of us probably need to invest four days a week. Uh, how do you figure out what is best for you in terms of how much physical activity above and beyond these guidelines, Adam? Yeah, I think I think like you said, it's it's individual to the person, and and I I'm a big fan actually. Something I've I've done over the last um, really over the last year when when time has been a little bit more crunched um, because my job uh, you know didn't really slow down in the last year, um, and I've I've blended workouts right. So so that's the first part of the answer to your question. There is sometimes you know if you say oh I wanted to do some. You know, I wanted to do some push-ups and some, some pull-ups or some weights. Maybe you have some exercise bands in your house. You wanted to do some resistance training, and it didn't happen yesterday or the day before. And now it's three days later, and you say, oh, I want to go for a run today. You know, if you haven't been able to get active and do anything those last two days, it, it, it's absolutely fine to, to do that run first. You know, get nice 20-minute, 30-minute warm-up, whatever it is, maybe 60 minutes. Somebody has the time to go do that. And then come home and do that resistance workout or, or jog to the gym and do that resistance workout. So it's, it's trying to combine those things um, that are necessary. And, and I mentioned running and strength training because the research is pretty darn conclusive on that now that a combination of resistance training and aerobic training is really the optimal path to, to exercise. And now, how much does each person need? Um, I think that, that's also, you know, as you've mentioned, depends on the fitness level of the person um, and also the time requirements. But I think what it is, is I, I kind of, I really believe that there's there's got to be a sweat. A sweat has to be broken. And then, you know, okay, I'm working to the point where my body has started some processes where it's actually you know, it's starting to utilize oxygen and create some heat enough. I've heated up my core enough that I'm sweating because that's how we cool ourselves down is through sweating, right? So I think that, you know, if you're getting out there a couple times a week and sweating, I think that's really all the average person needs. Mind you, you know, I, I kind of go for a little bit more sometimes. You know, the last mountain bike ride I did was an hour and 15 minutes and it was pretty intense. Um, but that's because I have a history of cycling, right? I go out with my wife and mountain bike and it's a lot slower. But at the end of the day, we both broke a sweat and we've both got a workout that was, you know, suitable for us on the day. So hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> well, it, it absolutely does. And it leads me to the follow-up question. I mean, it's one thing to get yourself back in shape. It's another thing to stay there. Uh, what kind of exercise regimen do you think would work for most people to, to maintain their level of fitness? I think it's a lot less than what people think. Um, you know, when I phased out of competitive racing, I surprised myself a few times when I just went out and said, hey, I'm going to just kind of 
do this running loop or, or do this, uh, you know, swim across this lake here locally or something and, and tie myself and see how I, how I'm doing. Um, you know, and those, these are things I'm talking like a year, year and a half, two years out from, from when I was retired from being competitive. And, and I really surprised myself now in that year to two years, you know, I would probably, you know, do an intense workout maybe once a week. And, and that's, that's, that's really it. You know, sometimes it would be maybe every 10 days, but that's kind of, you know, if you're really looking to maintain a good fitness level, they say that, you know, at about 10 days um, of, of sort of not including some intense exercises, when you're going to start to lose that level of intensity that you're hoping to maintain. So if you go out and run easy for 10 days, um, but you were hoping to maintain your 10K fitness level, you're probably, you're going to start losing your race sort of pace, um, you know, at that 10 days, and then it's going to drop off pretty quick from there. So, so yeah, 10 to 14 days is the absolute sort of end of the window for you to sort of try to slot in something that is at the intensity level that you're hoping to maintain. It doesn't have to be a lot either. Just a few total minutes, they say, is, is really, so the science shows on that. It's just a few, you know, maybe five sets of one minute at your, you know, 10K pace is going to maintain a lot of the fitness. You're in the natural health zone with the Triskillian, the Purica podcast. Uh, Adam, uh, you know, the more intense workouts you work into your regimen, uh, the more you need to recuperate, the more you need to recover. And I think it's it's one of the things that you hold dear to your heart is probably not enough people understand the importance of resting more to maximize your gains from all the hard work. Yeah, Tom, I think it's, Probably, and I might go out on a limb here, but I think it may be one of the biggest limiting factors in the world of sport and especially in competitive sport. And that limiting factor is people going too hard and not resting enough. And I'll give a personal example of that. Um, I've, you know, during my competitive career, I, I was never at the, at the level where I was getting paychecks from, from companies. I did win some money in races, but you know, I was, I was working all the time as well. And I look back at hindsight and, and the cortisol, which is the stress hormone that's released through exercise, through intense exercise, especially um, through it's released when there's lack of sleep. It's released when there's a, you know, emotionally stressful situation. Um, it's released when the body's stressed through uh, environmental factors like, like bad diet. Um, so, so that cortisol, when it's running high all the time, it is it's catabolic on the body. It's, it, it's very, very demanding. And, and I think during my career, I probably didn't rest enough because I had to get in the training volume for, like I literally had to get in that volume to be competitive as, a, as an Ironman triathlete. Um, so I just didn't have enough time in the day to actually rest. I always prioritize sleep. But uh, the personal example I was going to give is I, you know, even though I was a pretty high level athlete, I, I did struggle with uh, with getting lean enough, you know, losing enough body fat before races. And and ironically, when I look back, the the times when I was the leanest during the races was was when I lived the simplest life, <laughs> and that's the honest truth. And, and I've I've seen that now too. Now that I um, don't, you know, uh, train twenty five hours a week, um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to maintain body composition and. And for me, that's that's something that that is is obvious because genetically we're we're not a lean sort of um, group of people, um, our family. So, so that cortisol is running high, um, you know, especially in times of stress, like you know, the last year, of course, for a lot of people, 
then I think it's it's hard to to come to peace with that. But yeah, we do need to potentially lower the training volume as a you know in an attempt to increase the sleeping volume, if you will. You know, and I, I, it can't be overemphasized enough. It's just hard for people to wrap their heads around, and it was for me for for twenty years. <laughs> We're talking to Adam Amira of Team Purica, former high-performance triathlete, uh, obviously still loves it very much, uh, loves getting out on the bike, into the trails, uh, onto the roadways, uh, to keep himself sane during these crazy times. And that's the next thing I wanted to sort of uh, kick around with you, Adam, is, you know, obviously these have been very stressful times. These have been very uncertain times. And when there's uncertainty, there's stress. It seems to just, you know... uh, Uh, feed even more into it. How would you imagine you'd be trying to adjust your training? How would you imagine you'd be trying to stay at the top of your game with what some of these high-performance athletes are facing with the possibility of postponement of games, uh, the the possibility of tournaments that uh, and World Cups that they've prepared for for months uh, never happening? What do you do to keep not only your physical health, but your mental health. Yeah, I've been thinking about this topic, actually, you know, ever since we, we first uh, said, hey, maybe we could get to do a podcast uh, touching on some of this stuff. And one thing that came to mind is if you look at the top performers, and you'll know this better than me, but you look at the top performers across almost any sport, and most of them, that is, they're the calmest and coolest, you know, they, they appear to be very low stress. Most of them, you know, there was goaltenders like Patrick Waugh, who was, you know, kind of a, kind of a crazy guy, but an amazing, uh, you know, didn't, wasn't scared to, to show his energy on the, on the, on K- the ice. But Carey um, Price is a lot different. Carey Price is a lot different <laughs> than Patrick Waugh that way. They're both great goaltenders, but I mean, when you're describing sort of that cool, calm as a cucumber kind of personality, that seems to be Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, I don't, I don't follow hockey like I used to when I was young, right? But it's, uh, I think of, you know, I think of like just, I mean, I go, go to the the great one, right? And then just, you know, how Gretzky was just, he's just calm, cool, collected sort of guy when you have interviews and stuff, and just soft spoken. And think of people like Michael Jordan too, you know, just legends like that who are just, you just see them and they just, you're just like, wow, he, he just, he just knows what's happening. He, you know, he's got control of the situation. So I think mentally they, they have to have control. You know, psychologically, you know, you have to be calm inside the head. Um, and, and I think a lot of the athletes, you know, touching on the Olympic athletes, you know, that have had to deal with what they've had to deal with over the last year. My guess is a lot of the ones that were able to sort of accept the situation and, and by accepting, accepting it, just lower their whole stress around the situation. Right. Because then that's going to, as we sort of talked about, that's going to help regulate that cortisol response because if they're continuous if someone's continuously stressed out about you know something that's kind of out of their control you know then then that's going to be that's going to be detrimental so i think acceptance and and finding ways um you know to to reduce mental stress uh, is critical and there's lots of ways to do that but um but i think that yeah that that's my my thoughts on that topic there a uh, bit of a, a sort of off the grid question for you but do you believe you can be physically healthy without being mentally healthy and can you be mentally healthy without being physically healthy hmm. that's a that's a great question and i think i'm going to answer it like this i think it might depend on the person's age um and, and what i mean by that is the body is so incredibly resilient when we're young you know and and if you're a young athlete and you're just 
unbelievably motivated physically to, to perform and you're talented, I, I think you can. I think you can perform very, very well for a period of time. Because, again, you've probably seen this more than me. There's there's athletes that come and they just, man, they're just rock stars. They just, they dominate, but then they fade and they're gone, right? And and I think, you know, and then you hear about, you know, issues they may have had mentally or, and I'm not saying that's all those athletes, but but I think in general, it's uh, it has to be part and parcel if you're looking for lifelong high performance at sports and then, you know, maybe also in other, other fields as well, but especially for the sports. I do think it, uh, it has to be for the majority. Both have to come together to, to, to really, truly shine. Yeah. We're talking to Adam O'Meara of Team Purica. We're talking performance optimization during stressful times, during uncertain times. Uh, you know, one of the things that occurs to me as I listen to you, and it is a common theme, Adam, in everything you've shared so far, is that staying calm, staying at ease is so important in, 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 in so many ways. And if you're a high-performance personality – and you've got uncertainty in terms of training schedules and everything. Uh, I know that you've recommended people, you know, do some adjustments to their their training campaigns. Maybe work in a little bit more meditation, work in a little bit more yoga, work in a little bit more breathing. All three of those, it seems to me, would help with the cortisol uh, regulation, would help with you being able to stay calm, would, would help with you sort of moving towards a parasympathetic state instead of the sympathetic state. Uh, is that the way you view it? 100% Tom and it's the science is there on that too it's just um you know like a lot of um natural methods and natural ways of doing things um the, the science just kind of takes a little bit longer to to get out to the public but um you know I've recently become a little bit uh, I won't quite say infatuated but pretty close with um with the whole science around breathing and and, and meditation and what that does I'm just going to give one quick example. I did this race. It was an Ironman distance race in Ohio. And I I had to, and this is 10 years ago or something, maybe not quite that long. And I had to fly out a week early. And that was, uh, I got air miles given to me to go to the race. And and I was like, okay, but the only flight was literally seven days before the race. So I stayed with another athlete out there. And during that time, basically all I did was muck around his house, sit on the couch. I would go out in the backyard. I would do some light meditation, sit on the sit on the grass, you know, with my, my, my feet on the ground, you know, it gets a bit woo-woo, but doing some earthing, you know, just connecting with the ground. And I'd have a nap every day. And I remember that race because I went out and I had one of the best Ironman distance races I've ever done. And, and I was on track to a personal best time because I just, I didn't pace myself properly. I paced myself pretty well on the bike, but I went too fast on the, uh, on the run. And I, I came in, you know, I think I was less than 20 minutes behind a, a world-class Ironman athlete, um, you know, who's won, I think he's probably won a dozen races during his career, if not more. And and I was, you know, I was on par with him in the swim and the bike. And then I, I faded a bit on the run because of some GI issues. But, but I always, that, that race stands out in my head because I, I was there, I was calm. And there was, there was literally seven days where I did nothing but visualize the race, relax and sleep. <laughs> so all of those things there are parasympathetic and they're also preparing me mentally for that race. So, so 100%, I think those things can, can have a role. And if, if more, uh, more athletes could, could implement those and it just active people or anybody in general, if they could just implement a bit more of those and know that the science is there to back up uh, what they're trying to do. I think it takes time, but, but most people would see the benefit. I'm convinced of that now. 
Uh, would you also be convinced that although uh, a lot of high-performance athletes have discovered the importance of meditation, uh, to have that, that balance, uh, the importance of yoga, uh, the importance of breathing, especially the importance of breathing, uh, still a lot of high-performance athletes maybe had never been uh, exposed to the real need to have that in the regimens. And now with the stress and, again, all the uncertainty, whether you're an Olympian preparing for Tokyo or a, a soccer player um, whose national team is getting ready for Euro Euro 2021, uh, lacrosse players who've had their Western Lacrosse Association uh, seasons canceled, would it be your guess that a lot more high-performance athletes have exposed themselves to specific breathing techniques, yoga, and and meditation in order to cope with all this uncertainty. I would, I would, I would hazard a strong guess that that that's been that's been implemented by probably by many athletes themselves. But I, I would, I would um, suppose that uh, a lot of coaches, you know, or uh, the teams. Uh, psychiatrists or you know the the mental health performance coaches of the team i bet you they're they are more aware of the the research and the necessity of that as well during a stressful time because you're right you know to go out into practice uh and even worse in a game you know with with a stressful state of mind even before you know you started the game that doesn't bode well so i i would i would guess that absolutely yes there's there's more athletes and, and i'm aware of more athletes too you know that are uh, across all different sports I, I still you know follow different sports and athletes and stuff and and i i think that there's more and more athletes all the time that are, are pushing that and it's a snowball effect Right, as you see more and more higher level athletes commenting on that, then other people try it, and and it's it's kind of a one way street for most people. So I would think so for sure, Tom. Yeah, uh, we've got Adam O'Meara of Team Purica for another few minutes here on the Triskillian, uh, the Purica podcast. Uh, Adam, uh, take us through the stretch run here. You've talked about some of the lifestyle uh, suggestions in terms of you know uh, organizing your mind, uh, uh, trying to set aside as many things that you can control as possible, uh, breathing, meditating, uh, yoga, and that kind of, you know, deep, uh, deep tissue uh, stretching. But there's also supplementation that can help you perform at the top of your game during stressful times, during uncertain times. Uh, what are some of your go-tos uh, from, you know, both the Purica family of products and, and possibly some, some other natural supplements and formulations that you've found have helped you uh, manage uh, times of uncertainty, have helped you manage times of stress yeah tom for me the medicinal mushrooms are, are sort of the top of the heap um in particular for me is the lion's mane and the cordyceps mushrooms um the cordyceps isn't tied quite so much to stress management as it is to energy production in the body um, but lion's mane continues to have more and more research done on it and and i think it uh, there's very good reason why it's become popular in the last uh, last few years um you know one of the things that it can do is it can help with a reduction in inflammatory cytokines uh, it can also help with uh, digestive health um so we know that you know, digestive health uh, is tied to the stress level of the of the host right so someone that is constantly stressed for a good portion of those people it shows up in digestive issues um, so we have an intensive GI um, product, uh, it's a probiotic that has a, uh, an effect on the gut-mind connection. And the science is, uh, is very robust on that uh, with multiple human clinical trials, um, peer-reviewed and published, showing that. So, so that's, a, that's a product that I take on a regular basis with the lion's mane. Uh, magnesium, I've just found over the years, it's a miraculous mineral that, um, you know, it can have an acute 
relaxation effect for people. They take it, you know, a lot of people take it at night, a magnesium bisglycinate, a pure bisglycinate is a, is a fantastic option for that, which uh, at Purica, we make a, a nice tasty uh, couple versions of that. Um, that can help your musculoskeletal system relax, but also your neuromuscular system. So, so there's the magnesium affects the entire body for relaxation. So for acute relaxation at night, it can be, it can do wonders for people. It's a game changer for people. Um, Rishi, red Rishi's, you know, that's, I take that in our Zensations form. I love uh, our Zensations hot chocolate and, and Rishi is it's the most studied medicinal mushroom out there. And, uh, you know, Health Canada um, allows companies to, to mention its stress relief properties because uh, that's what it's been, been shown to do as well. So, so the mushrooms, lion's mane, reishi, the magnesium, very important. And, uh, you know, uh, getting your uh, probiotic that works for you is, is a really, you know, it's a good option for people. And they're pretty cost effective these days too. Um, you know, outside of that, I keep it uh, keep it pretty pretty loyal to the company I work for, actually, um, you know, because I really believe in our products. One of the reasons I'm so lucky to work for them, but uh, you know, I, I do take uh, some other things. Um, uh, I take our ashwagandha. Actually, I'd mention that as well because it's, uh, uh, it's become a very popular supplement out there, and it also is a powerful uh, cortisol management uh, herb. So when it's extracted properly, it can have some pretty profound benefits for for people. And, and I'm a I'm a good uh, candidate for that as well. So I love it. You know, everything you've just said matches up with well. For example, Braden Lenius of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He was on a recent episode of the Triskelion, the Purica podcast, and it actually surprised me how into Purica Lion's Mane he was. And I mean, uh, only with respect to cordyceps. I get cordyceps as a, um, you know, an energy uh, support supplement. I, uh, you know, that one probably a lot of athletes have been using for years, but the lion's mane and providing that sort of balance, uh, uh, he says it's, it's really helped him manage the stress of, uh, uh, the CFL having gone dark last year and not being sure when it was going to uh, play again. He has completely integrated Purica lion's mane into his regimen. So it's pretty interesting that you've cited that as well. Yeah, I, I listened to that podcast, uh, and it was awesome to hear him say uh, what I what really stuck with me was how he, you know, um, at the end of practices, he could he could recall plays more clearly, <laughs> yeah. and that I mean yeah. that's huge, right? Like that's I mean you don't you can't just fake that, right? Like I mean, and, and not quite to that extent of recalling a play in the exact way to do it, but I. It's pretty funny. I've stopped myself a few times over well, quite a few times now over the last, uh, I don't know, last couple of years, last year in particular, when I've been taking more lion's mane and said to my wife, I'd be like, geez, that word I just came up with, I don't know where that came from. I think it's the right word. And I had to go on the internet and look up in the dictionary. I'm like, yeah, that is the right word. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's just an N equals one, but uh, not quite as powerful as being able to recall plays a bit better. But that was, that was awesome when I listened to that podcast. Yeah, his feedback was amazing. Well, listen, Adam, you've provided all the right words for us on this episode of The Triskelion. So appreciate you checking in with us again. We'll reconvene again real soon. Uh, but thanks for walking us through some of the things that we can do in terms of lifestyle, in terms of supplementation during these stressful times, during times of uncertainty. Uh, look forward to having a chance to talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. It's a real pleasure to get to share some of the things that uh, that have worked for me over the years. So thanks again. You've been listening to Adam Amira of Team Purica on best practices, performance optimization, what you can do to navigate stressful times, what you can do to navigate times of uncertainty. You've been listening to The Triskillian, the Purica podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Purica Wellness and sign up for our e-newsletter at purica.com.